I'm going to say the story of uh, last week in the Pac-12 was uh, some negative results overall for the conference in terms of BYU beating Arizona State, uh, Minnesota obliterating Colorado at Colorado, and here's one that's just got to be tough to live down in Arizona. Northern Arizona, 21-19 to winners over the, what, almost flagship university of the state. Uh, so, you know, Oregon, Washington played USC. Da, da, da. We'll talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver. Offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, let's start things off uh, in terms of last week's action, where we always start. Uh, and let's, first on my list is Oregon at home against Stony Brook. Yeah, Oregon won. Yeah, that's what I think too. I mean, uh, this, to me, I think I said it last week, but this uh, game kind of like belies the thought that the reasonable thought that they would lose at Ohio state. Like that's the only reason you're getting this team to come play, you know? Yeah. I mean, like this has got to be, this is one of the worst D what, you know, teams you could have come. I didn't even know that a football yeah, team. Like upstate New York is where these guys are at Stony Brook. Yeah. Like they must've gotten paid quite a bit of money. So good for them. They yeah. got paid. Oregon got a nice win. Moving on. Yep. Uh, here was a really interesting game. Fresno State, who you'll recall, played the Ducks better than Ohio State did, right? Yeah. Uh, against UCLA, a potential surprise package in the conference. They had the big upset over LSU to start the season. Uh, Jake Hayner, hell of a game. 455 yards through the air. Fresno State, comeback. They were, or not comeback, but they were like trading scores a lot right at the end of the fourth quarter in this game. Fresno State emerges with the victory 40-37. to yeah, not great for Chip Kelly. He was out to a 2-0 start, had that nice win over LSU. And then Fresno State, who we all know is good, but, you know, how good can, you know, I don't know. Like, I guess they gave Oregon a game. So maybe they're, maybe they're top 20, maybe they're top 10 good team. I don't know. But it seems unlikely to me. It seems more likely than not that they're a, you know, fringe top 25 team who went into you know, to the Rose Bowl and beat UCLA, which I think – sort of uh, indicates that maybe uh, UCLA is not not quite what they appeared to be early in the season. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that, that UCLA was ever going to be world beaters this season, but I mean, I think I still think they're like a solid top 25 team, and I think Fresno is going to be the same uh, if they're not ranked already after last week. Um, what? Here's a question for you. Washington's record this season if Jake Hayner's the starting quarterback? Probably one and two. Okay. I don't think it makes a damn bit of difference, man. He's not going to run like the plays any differently. Like the play calling yeah. is garbage. Like that's, that's why they're not succeeding. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's Dylan Morris or Jake Hayner or Peyton Manning. Like it isn't going to work. Uh, you know, Hayner obviously is in a good situation with a good offensive coordinator and he's, he's no doubt a talented quarterback. I'm not arguing that, but I, I don't see how having him on the roster this year would have made any difference to UW. That's that's reasonable. Uh, next up, BYU hosted Arizona State. Uh, or did they host him? I don't know. It was a matchup of ranked teams. I forget where exactly this game was played. Um, yeah. So, anyway, 
BYU, uh, they jumped out to a 21-7 lead at the half, and they made that thing hold up. Uh, ASU, uh, will the bookies finally adjust? You'd think so. BYU's 3-0 against the Pac-12 this year, so they're having a good good uh, year in conference, despite the fact that they're not in a conference. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kalani Zatake's team is really making hay against the uh, Pac-12 South right now. Um, so good for them. And Arizona State, I, I don't know, I was very surprised Arizona State was ranked as high as they were. Um, I think Herm's getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, and not, not actually very surprised to see them lose, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, then uh, a troubling game for the Pac-12 and our pro- probably our second favorite program in the conference in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, P- PJ Fleck rode the boat right in there and whooped up on a big road win for Minnesota, thirty to zero. That that's impressive from them. Yeah, landlocked state, um, Colorado, and mo- no more for its mountains than it's, than any lakes. But you're right, Fleck and his weird row the boat thing. Um, uh, you got to assume maybe there's like a hangover for Colorado from like almost jumping up and getting A&M or yeah. something. I mean, but, but, but uh, if we remember and we do that university of Washington set a division one record for futility and offensive possessions without a score with 19, um, that record stood for one week and Colorado has now eclipsed it because they've gone 20 consecutive possessions now without scoring. So Remarkable. They did not score for the last three quarters of the AM game. They have not scored now four quarters against Minnesota. So they're riding a seven quarter scoreless streak, which is pretty insane for like a, a power five program. Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, we have like kind of bandied about the idea that Carl Durrell, Carl Durrell, excuse me, might be a, a great, you know, kind of like post type good coach hire you know because like he had that kind of failed tenure at ucla some years ago uh but apparently he's a boulder guy and he had them looking okay in spots last year and looked fine against a&m you know game nobody really gave them a shot and they kept it close and had a chance but uh i guess what bothers me about this game is uh jared broussard i mean they just didn't really run i mean they didn't really do anything on offense but i mean this is pretty bleak in terms of like total yardage numbers, I mean they're two games in a two games now and seven points in total in two games. They had sixty three total yards. That's as bad as it can possibly get. That makes Washington look like a juggernaut. Yeah, that's a that is that's problem. That's problematic for the Buffalo for everybody. Right. Let's uh, take a break and tell a Pac twelve team win a non conference game. Idaho thought they could come into Corvallis and push around the beeves. People have been having a lot of joy against the Pac-12 lower-ranked schools, FCS teams. The Beavers put the hammer down. Professional 42-0 effort without scoring a point in the fourth quarter. That's a that's a Don James blowout. Real tidy win for the Jonathan, the fighting Jonathan Smiths. Good, good for them. The Vandals. I, I kind of like Idaho that it like still has a football program for some reason. Um, yeah. I, now I think they're in the big sky now. They've been kind of hanging around at the low end of D one forever, uh, the bull bull subdivision. Yeah, uh, and then they drop down. Yeah, I, there's um, no yeah. there's no reason yeah. for them to be anywhere really. I mean, they're just <laughs> they're Idaho, um, but good for them for you know sticking around and probably probably play a couple 
couple three non-conference games against power. You know, I guess, I mean, actually they've won a game this year so far. So that means they played someone worse than them. They, they beat Sim, S-I-M. I have no idea what that is. That's a uh, video game parlance. That's just a created team. It might just be a creative Sim- team. Simulated I team. I clicked on the link, and Sim is not – like, you can't follow that. It's not a link on ESPN. Like, Simon Fraser is who that appears to be. <laughs> a, Canadian, a Canadian university in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, that I did not know had a football program, lost 66 to no- 68 to nothing. Uh, Idaho and and well yeah and while it's surprising that you know uh, it's unsurprising that somebody wouldn't know that Simon Fraser didn't have a football team you don't have just a regular person's knowledge of Simon Fraser me you you've been there yeah yeah not? no I was like yeah <laughs> like, I almost went there not I didn't almost go <laughs> yeah. there but yeah no like I, <laughs> I could not have told you they had a football program. They do not have a very good one because they lost sixty-eight to nothing to Idaho. That wasn't on the the campus tour. The old no, <laughs> it was a fifty thousand seat stadium. What a non-conference schedule! Simon Fraser, Indiana, Oregon State. <laughs> yeah, what a all right. A, there you go. Okay, well there we go. So Idaho folks. All right, USC and Washington State. Here was a game that I was actually super interested in. It followed the dogs, I believe. Uh, or maybe it was like at the same time or thereabouts. Cougs were up 14 to seven at the half on this game. Then a second half was played. Which they lost uh, 38 to nothing. They lost emphatically. Yeah. So USC 45 to 14 winners in the post Clay Helton era gets off to a good start. Riding the arm of Jackson Dart. That's a little poem I just wrote. Uh, so yeah, Keaton Slovis. Apparently left the game, I'm assuming, with an injury. Uh, and then this other guy comes in, Jackson Dart. Got to say it's a stronger name. I mean, it's a great name, dude. It's You're born to play You're born to play football at the Division One level if your name's Jackson Dart. Yeah. Uh, so I'm impressed by that. Um, Drake London, their receiver, that's another top-tier name. Yeah. Uh, he had 170 yards, 13 catches. So I'd say, you know, for at least one week, USC is feeling pretty good. They got rid of their coach that wasn't going to take them anywhere, and they got a nice non or a nice road conference win. Troubling times continue for Rolovich, who apparently has lost a bunch of leads and second half, like a, like a bunch of second half blowouts. And uh, I think the guy for the spokesman review who covers the team uh, pointed this out to him. And Rolovich's response, very professional, was like. I was unaware of that. Thank you for pointing that out. We'll look into it. Um, which is like, <laughs> way to go, coach. Um, it has to be. I'm. Uh, here's something I'm, I'm uh, playing around with. Right? Because, yeah, Chris Daniels uh, from King Five has like been posting these Nick Rolovich press conferences, right? Where he's like asking him a bunch of questions about the vaccine and trying to pin down his vaccine position, you know? And it just looks so miserable for Rolovich to like go through this. Cause he's not like, he's not like taking any kind of guns blazing approach to it. I mean, he looks like he got caught, you know, uh, you know, sticking gum under his desk and has gone to the principal's office. Like he does, he looks like he wants to be anywhere other than answering these questions, which makes me believe 
that well i i mean the probably the more likely scenario is that he's talked to a lawyer who has uh given him a strict instructions on what he's allowed to engage in on this line of questioning right yeah uh but the alternative is uh he understands that people aren't going to you know accept what he thinks about the vaccine issue right but uh where so and if that's and like obviously the easier play would just to be get the shot right yeah but uh, he must really believe it. Three and a half million dollars a year this man makes to coach football in at a school where the expectations are spectacularly mediocre. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you don't got to be great. You got you to gotta cobble together a couple of, you know, 500-ish seasons and then jump up and win eight or nine games once every four years. And you've basically got a job for life. You can do that at WSU. You can make $30 million over the course of a 10-year run there um yeah and i think there's at this point we're in the billions of people who have been vaccinated um worldwide um no you know spectacularly few issues with it um so like even if you're not a believer you know like i i i just can't imagine what must go through that guy's head when, and even like his lawyer's head when he's talking to his lawyer about it, be like, dude, just go do it. Like, just go do it and just keep this job that pays you all this money where you don't even have to do that much successfully. Like, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. That, yeah. Same with me. That's why, that's why I think he's like, uh, these are sincere convictions on his part. I'm revisiting my Rolovich position. Um, uh, next up, how about uh, Sacramento State played Cal. Cal lost to Nevada. They lost to TCU. Uh, and not particularly impressive here against Sacramento State. We give them a better grade than Washington gets because they managed to win the game and score 42 points. But giving up 30 to this outfit? You'd think they'd be right for the picking. It, I mean, it appears that Cal's defense is not any good. So we'll we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this might be a rough... Cal might... You know, this is going to be a very interesting game next week, Cal and Washington. Indeed. This upcoming week here. Uh, two teams that uh, really need the win. That's right. And I'm not... Uh, yeah. I'm not even... I'm going right. to be watching it on a double date. <laughs> With my dear, lifelong friend and your fellow fraternity brother, Eli. <laughs> who apparently oh, no. moved three blocks away from where I live now. And has two kids that are now, exactly my kid's age, and his wife and my wife get along very well. So there we go. Oh my God, you're this guy's gonna. This guy's now in your life. Oh yeah, we're best friends, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Okay, next up, uh, we got San Diego State in Utah. This game, uh, I was like keeping tabs on. Uh, it was after the Washington game. I was checking checking her out. Even at the half, 10-10, San Diego State looked like they were going to blow it open in the third quarter. Uh, and then Utah comes roaring back to force overtime. Uh, and, you know, San Diego State ends up edging them 33-31, to but heck of a college football game. Yeah, the Brady Hawks, right? 3-0. Utah uh, played poorly enough that they benched their big-time transfer stud quarterback. Uh, he promptly yeah. left the program after that. Um, so he's done. Remarkable. He's done as a Division One football player. Man, I 
I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure he'll land somewhere, but I mean, gotta be a little tougher than that. Um, so yeah, not a not a great start to the season for Utah, which got beat pretty handily in the Holy War against BYU, and now gets uh, the the old triple overtime loss to San Diego State. So we'll see what uh, Whittingham's got left in the tank, and and his starting quarterback is gone. Although that may not, I mean, he may have been out on the bench anyways. But um, yeah, interesting times. Well, what a legacy he had. The Charlie Brewer era, one and two. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see where he pops up next. Uh, okay, Stanford and Vanderbilt. In uh, two of your uh, smartest, the two smartest schools that play power conference football, I would say. You're going to give Vandy the nod over Cal? Yeah. I'm not going to go that far. We'll see. I think Cal's yeah. – I don't know. I think in terms of like just – how hard it is to get in. I think Cal might have, it. I mean, Cal's like, Cal, I'm sure all the California schools are harder to get into than Vanderbilt, you know, but like Vanderbilt's uh, still a hell of a school. All right. We'll go, we'll go to the rankings say, and we'll come back. Let's say we'll, we'll come uh, back next week. the Stanford, the Stanford of the East, the Stanford of the, yeah, the, of the Southeastern conference. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good basically analogy. two schools that care more about learning. I'm going to bat. Than they I have no idea why. Then What? And I'm going to bat for Cal, and I don't understand why, but I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I think you make a good point on the admissions thing. I, yeah, I guess I guess just the point I'm trying to make is that Vanderbilt's a good school, and that Sanford and Vanderbilt both care more about book learning than they do about winning on Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, to each of their discredit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Stanford was able to. Uh, uh, put down the protractors uh, for three hours there. And, you know, they jumped out to a nice lead in the first half, hung on, and ends up being a real comfortable win for Stanford, who, after looking abysmal against Kansas State in the opener, uh, the surprise win against USC, you know, nice win, nice win against the SEC team. We take those. Uh, and Stanford, who knows? You know, they're like kind of on their way to being like, a very standard Stanford deer, which is like second best team in the North. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, good win on the road in the SEC. Can't uh, can't do better than that. Although, I mean, it's not one of the powerful SEC teams. I think this bodes very ominously for what Vanderbilt's got in store for for the rest of the year. But, um, but yeah, great win for Stanford, and uh, you know, right in the ship after what was a horrible start to the year for them. All right, and then we have Northern Arizona and Arizona. Yeesh. Folks, Yeesh. this is uh, if you're like an Arizona fan in Arizona, you got to hear about it from Arizona State, you know. But you think at least most of the time, you know, at least we're going to beat Northern Arizona. You know what I mean? Like we're like we don't really have to worry about this. We're a Pac-12 team for God's sakes. Northern Arizona, a shocking win that will be remembered uh, throughout time locally. Uh, 21 to 19 winners. Is uh, this fish guy going to win a game? I don't think so, man. Um, Northern Arizona comes into this game on the heels of a blowout loss to start the year to Sam Houston State University, followed shortly thereafter by a blowout loss to South Dakota. Not South Dakota State, which I think might be a slightly better program. It's not North Dakota State. South Dakota. I don't know. The University of South Dakota, basically. The Coyotes. 
34 to 7 yep. beat Northern Arizona. So Sam Houston State beats them 42 16. University of South Dakota beats them 34 to 7. And then they go hang a 21 to 19 loss on Arizona. That, I don't care how bad Arizona is, that is stunning. That is stunning. That's that's as bad as Washington losing to Montana. Worse. I mean, I mean, it's it's technically worse. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. Washington had level. expectations, and Arizona certainly didn't. But I mean, just in terms of if you think about Arizona, has yet to play a team that has a player on it who would be on their roster, like from a talent yeah. standpoint, right? Like, and I know there's like maybe a transfer or some weirdness, but we're talking three football teams. Worth of, of you know, Sam Houston State, South Dakota, um, and Northern Arizona combined would not have a single player on their team, and yet when one of those teams, Northern Arizona, goes in, Arizona like they lose, they lose the game. Remarkable. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad loss, man. That's um, that's going to be tough for them to bounce back from, and Arizona's schedule. Is not going to be easy from here on out. Let's see what the holy shit. That was a loud video blast when I tried to click on their schedule. They're gonna lose this week at Oregon. The following week they got UCLA at Colorado. So maybe if Colorado's as bad as yeah, it, that's a game. Uh Washington after that. Uh they're at home. Washington does, never does well in the desert, so maybe they, that's a game. At USC, Cal, Utah, at WSU, at ASU. I, I don't I don't see – I see two or three potential competitive games there if they figure it out. If not, they don't figure it out, I mean, if they bring whatever it was that they just brought into last week, they'll they'll get blown out. But, they, you know, they were competitive with BYU. They lost that game 24-16. Uh, they were not competitive with San Diego State. They got completely blown out of that game 38-14. Um, yeah, they could be facing a winless year. Speaking of, uh, oh, I guess we got to talk about Washington next, real quick. Yeah, we're not gonna. Um, Washington, we're not gonna lose every game. That's what's gonna. That's that's the thing. That's huge. Washington uh, offense looked great. Jalen McMillan breakout uh, game from the wide receiver position. Ten receptions, 175 yards. Uh, Dylan Morris looks solid. Uh, we kind of. I think we have a clear idea of what the identity of this team is forced to be. Despite our offensive line, uh, we're going to be productive on offense uh, as far as we're able to throw it. Pass to set up the run. This is basically <laughs> the exact opposite of what we were told Washington was going to be. This is what they're going to be. And then, they, you know, like, I don't think they're a very good team, but they're they're not – like, they didn't look that bad. You know what I mean? Like, when, you pass, when they pass to set up the run, they've got – and it helps that McMillan was able to play, uh, you know, so they got some of the wide receivers back. So, I mean, a couple of things there. But, yeah, when you just call plays – you know, not like a complete idiot. Um, the offense looked looked okay. Looked pretty good. Yeah, they had uh, Bynum and McMillan, who I believe they didn't have either of them against Montana. Uh, Taj Davis has really emerged as like a viable wide receiver. Yeah, I wish he could catch. Uh, yeah, I mean he does enough though. I mean he's got he's probably leading our team in yards. He drops the ball an awful lot. You you. Take what you can. He's a freshman. They'll learn him up. They'll give him those fancy gloves. I like uh, that 
this is exciting to me based on what I saw in the first two games. Giles Jackson seemed to have a diminished role. Yeah. I like... He was like... Uh, I, I've not enjoyed that guy. Sean McGrew got to play in this game, and he promptly uh, came in and went forward on uh, two consecutive plays, including picking up a, rough, a tough first down on a third down, which was nice. And then his cut, I don't know if you saw his cut on his touchdown run. Yeah. But if you didn't, you yeah, should you one. should go back and watch that guy's cut because it it's a cut that nobody else in that stable of running backs that UW supposedly has um, has in their repertoire. And it just begs the question why he's not the feature back. Because after he scored that touchdown, he came back out of the game and didn't play for like another quarter and a half. Um, yeah. And after he scored that touchdown – he had to go over to the sideline, put on a different uniform number so that he was allowed to come in as like a six-year senior and pl- and do kickoff coverage. So that was his, uh, um, uh, you know, his his uh, victory or, or his uh, reward for scoring that nice touchdown run was he's then on the the, the kickoff team. Um, that guy must have done something to like. I mean, there's no there's no way that. I think it. I to me, it just smacks of ineptitude. You know that like they wanted to be decisive, and they said it's going to be Newton and Davis, and when that hasn't worked for two games, uh, you all of a sudden have to give carries to these other guys. That uh, you know, I mean, Kamari Pleasant's never been spectacular, but he goes forward. Sean McGrew goes forward, uh, and there's no real reason. Why the you know the other guys aren't blowing anybody's doors off? You know, I mean, McGrew looks better than any of the other running backs. Um, I agree and I and I don't see how unless he completely mails it in in practice, which it doesn't seem like that's the case, and unless he's uh, was being disciplined for something, which again we we don't know, but it, I mean that's it's the only reasonable explanation because if you were just going on experience, talent, and then what your eyes showed you in the first three games, you'd be like, that's the guy who gets 20 touches, and then you sprinkle in the other guys, you know, uh, for a change of pace. You know what's silly about this is that I I, re- I turned off this game when it was a blowout uh, to, I don't know, do other stuff with my family or something. I literally am learning right now looking at this box score that Sam Heward played. Yeah, he played, he played in the fourth quarter. How'd he look? Uh, you know, he looked all right. Uh, how late? Oh, I was going to ask how late, did, how far into the game did you 40% make? 40% completion rate. So he looked a lot better than, than Arkansas State's backup quarterback. I'll tell you that. Because that guy, uh, you know, Washington gets 17 points in the fourth quarter. And one of them was a scoop and score from a D lineman on a ball that the quarterback held way too long before basically just laying it on the turf as he got sacked. Um, he, he had a real rough go. So in the, in the battle of the backups, Heward was dominant. I love it. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, I, I'm scared to ask how I did on picks last week. Uh, you did excellent. Um, yeah, you won the week handily. Uh, so I, I went seven and four, you went nine and two, Worm went eight and three and Tubby went seven and four. I'm back, baby. So you and I are tied now at 17-17. Warm and Tubby are tied at 18-16. Got a real, real tight matchup going here heading into week. Oh, hell yeah. I felt like I have I was like watching them. I couldn't really remember what I picked. And I was like, oh, I think I got all of these. No, ones. you were on Minnesota. You had San Diego State. You were on Stanford. And you were on Fresno State. You had a, you had a banner week. 
Boom. We're back, baby. All right. Uh, so let's get into next week's games. Uh, we're going to start it off at 1130 on Saturday uh, in Rice Eccles Stadium, where Utah quarterback, I guess that whatever controversy doesn't exist because one of them left, uh, is hosting Washington State. Two programs that are a mess. And somehow Utah is a 14.5-point favorite. I'm on record this year as being very anti-WSU, but i got to believe they're going to cover that. I think so, too. I don't think they're going to win, necessarily. They're just not as tough as Utah, you know. I don't like these Rolovich, these Rolovich Cougs. They're, they just don't do anything for me. Um, well, Utah's playing a quarterback that they clearly didn't want to play when the year started. Yeah. And yeah. like they were never going to try and rally around like a high flying scoring team anyway. So, yeah, I mean, Utah laying any big number to competent opposition is uh, an invitation to take the underdog. Is Washington State competent? I say no, but I still don't think they're going to cover 15, 14. No. I think borderline. We'll see. We will see. Um, uh, then we got this is a very interesting game UCLA uh, at Stanford. UCLA are four and a half point road favorites. UCLA, uh, you know, coming off a close loss to Fresno there, uh, which we really undersold in the recap. I mean, the finish of that game was insane. Those guys were just going back and forth down the field on each other. Uh, Jake Hayner fighting through an injury. Um, but yeah, interesting. Stanford appears to have righted the ship after looking terrible in their opener. UCLA uh, coming off the boil a little bit, uh, losing a close game to competent opposition. I would say Fresno is better than Utah or WSU for a point of comparison. Um, I'll, I'll take Chip. I'm going with Stanford. Um, I like it. I just, I mean, UCLA, I just. Having lost last week to, uh, you know, Fresno, I think that's just going to – I don't know. It's just going to take a lot out of them. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think Stanford's got got the momentum. I like them in four and a half points. So, I like that. I think UCLA is like uh, – they have football seasons like I have rounds of golf, uh, which is that sometimes things will go well and they'll stay going well for a good period of time. But if things go sideways – they go really no recovering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'll still take UCLA. All right. Uh, but that's be a good one. Okay. Next up, we've got uh, Arizona going to Oregon. Oregon are 28 and a half point favorites. I, I don't know what to do about this because, yeah, I got to take, I got to take Oregon, I guess. Yeah, I think I I think like you you start to get me interested in the underdog if the line is like thirty five and up on this one. I I think the what's not in doubt is Oregon will win this game by however many points they decide to, right? Yeah, and and they're they're firmly ensconced in a playoff run, or they you know at this point, so they don't have the luxury of like you know of of going easy on a conference opponent, not that you would anyways, or that Phil Knight would allow that. But um, I, I think this is, this is just smacks of being like 21, nothing in the first quarter. And then the only thing that you're going to wonder the rest of the game is like, is Oregon going to go up 35, 42, nothing. And then just kind of coast to like a, you know, 42 to seven, which would cover um, kind of a game or, you know, is Arizona going to get a couple of late garbage touchdowns and kind of get within, you know, 25 points. 
Yeah, I th- I, re- I think it's going to be a, at least a 35-point win for Oregon in this one. I feel pretty comfortable about it, honestly. Yeah. All right. All right, next up, USC is hosting Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State, what, they had the loss to Purdue, uh, then they beat Hawaii and uh, whoever was the team they played last week that we just talked about. Idaho. Uh, USC uh, lost Stanford. That's tough. They had a big comeback, looked great in the second half against uh, Washington State. I mean, standard story for any USC team, they've got their opposition outmanned, and they are 11-point favorites, which I think is an interesting number. Ten and a half on mine. Um Okay. That must have changed because I just did these tonight. Um, yeah, I and Jackson Dart, I guess, is, was hurt. They're, uh, but Slovis is back. So it's not entirely clear to me who's paying quarterback for USC. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Trojans. Just, I think, uh, overwhelming talent gap here. And if their quarterback plays good, they're going to win this by a bunch. Uh, I'm going to agree. I like USC in this game. Uh, Oregon State, I think, will give them a better test than Washington State did, though. All righty. Next up, Colorado uh, and Arizona State. Arizona State, uh, their lines are getting moderated, but this is complicated by the fact that Colorado looked so bad the last time out. Um, Arizona State are 14.5-point favorites, thereabouts. Yeah. I mean, and – how do you how do you even figure out what Colorado's going to do? Because they might not score, but they might stop you from scoring. Is that something they do? Like they did that to Texas A&M with a backup quarterback, but is that like something they actually yeah. do? Yeah, this this is a yeah, I've, and it's for that reason that like Colorado's offense needs to show me something before. I mean, this is you know an Arizona State team that was overrated, but. Still, I mean, I think they could win this game by 20 points pretty easily. I don't know. I'm going to flip-flop. I, I want the buffs. I'm taking ASU, so we'll see. I want the buffs. They have to at some I'm point break bat- out. I mean, they, they got big problems, I think. If they if they go in a third game, like 10 points or less, then then it's five-alarm fire for them. Often, you know, they you dub lived this for two games in terms of – of their offense yeah. being horrible, you just can't have it. Um, and now they're two games into this. I like the over their this offense. One. They like got to come back. Colorado. I, I like a minor Colorado uh, breakout on offense in this one. Give give me twenty points from them. All right, I like they it. Lose thirty one to twenty. Yeah, I like that. And that brings us to our last game. A very interesting game. Washington hosting California. Uh, Washington are seven and a half point favorites against the Bears. The Golden Bears. Uh, Taj Davis is leading us in receiving yards, it appears. Uh, yeah, seven and a half point favorites. Washington, What? which Washington is showing up? I would say the defense uh, has been more or less what's advertised, uh, what, what you're supposed to get in terms of a Washington defense. And that's what I'm going to base my pick on in this game. I'm concerned by the amount of points California gave up to Sacramento State last week. Seven and a half points is a big number to me. Washington, Cal, you and I always talk about how Washington goes extra stupid against Stanford and just tries to bully them at their own game and fails miserably to David Shaw's delight. Yep. Um, but, like, low-key, they do this against Cal also. 
Um, True. Uh, they did it. some shocking losses to Cal towards the end of the Chris Peterson. Team. And then, and then the, uh, yeah, the, the, I think the last two games he lost, he lost the lightning yeah. game, which went till two in the morning. Um, lost yeah. that game. They had no business losing that game. And then the prior year was the Jake Hayner gets in the game. Um, and they, you know, put, he throws a pick the, to lose throws it. a pick six. Yeah. To get, to get, to lose the game. Which was the margin? Was yeah, we lost by three, I believe, or something like that. I mean, it was. You take, uh, you take by, you know, a relatively fair evaluation of uh, the stats that says the winningest quarterback in Washington history. You yanked his ass off the field. Yeah. So his backup could lose the game. For yeah. Him. So his backup could throw a pick six, and then transfer to Fresno. Um, yep. Well, I I. I'm just surprised that it's seven and a half points. I, I don't think Cal's any good, but I don't think we know if Washington's any good either. I mean, obviously we'll be able to take UW's rules of the pod, um, but what a what a big spread for me. I mean, if, if UW does in fact win this game by 10, um, you know, I, I will be elated. I mean, I think, I think it's a, it will bode very well for the remainder of the season uh, if they are able to do that. So we'll, we'll see, I suppose. What's uh What's over-under on McGrew carries? He got six carries last week uh, for 31 yards, two touchdowns. So he, he led the team in yards uh, yards per carry and touchdowns. But both Kamari Pleasant I, I and think, Dick Newton got more carries. Um, I like nine. I like nine carries. As an, uh, let's say eight and a half as an over-under. Uh, I think he's going to get more than he got last week because uh, I am giving Jimmy Lake enough credit to realize that the vibes around the program going into that Arkansas state game were horrendous. Like, like he's in danger of losing his job. And I'd like to think that he's plugged in enough or at least somebody got in his ear to say like, Hey, Hey, the fan base likes McGrew. Yeah. I mean, the stadium erupted when he went into the game. Um, and yeah. I was like, literally yeah. I, I was like, I was at the game with my four-year-old daughter. We should do an entire pod on this. Cause she, we stayed three and a half quarters. She loved the entire thing. She paid attention to a lot of the game, which I thought was really weird. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And she, and she's already asked me multiple times when we're going to the next game. And I'm like, yeah, like, okay. I mean, I'm, that's gotta be a complete anomaly and it's not how my, uh, experience is going to be every time but anyways um like my dad tapped me on the shoulder and was like mcgrew's in mcgrew i mean like and like it was like reverberating through the stadium like people were like he's in and then he had a forward like a positive you know yardage carry and the whole place erupted like he had gone 30 yards um yeah you know like if you're jimmy lake like that's just right in your face like that's just a fan base just completely you know, mocking you for lack of a better term. Um, and, and then he had the yep. great cut and touchdown and every, I mean, it's just like, he's gotta be, you know, and Newton looked good. We ran some wild Dick. I don't know. You remember that you see that yep. ran some, some wild cat to, to uh, Dick Newton. So the wild Dick came back and that was pretty successful. He scored his touchdown off a of wild Dick formation. Um, so the, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see those two between the two of them. I would like to see 25 carries and McGrew needs double digits for me. Oh yeah, I think he should get double digits, but I, I think I like I like an eight and a half. All right, all right. Um, yeah, I think I think that hits just about anything. You got anything else? I don't have anything else. 
That's good. That does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. <laughs>